Welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And today we have a very special episode. I feel like I've done all this before. That's okay. <laughs> I, I ended up traveling to a different place. I ended up tra- traveling to the land of biochemistry because that is where I feel safest. And that's what, it, what is behind me right now. All of my, my metabolic pathways keep me safe during times of stress. So I'm hiding in them unapologetically. I am still very excited. In fact, I, I, have, a, I have a confession to make. Um, I am nervous. I am nervous because I am talking about something that I am very excited about, uh, but it's very close to me. It's stuff that I obsess with and I like, and just ask Mrs. Cashy what happens when I get excited. Uh, that sounded weird coming out, but, uh, or you can let your mind wander, whatever, right? So let's, let's, let's get this rolling before I get excited and just talk myself in circles like I've been doing. So let's lay a little bit of groundwork here. I know my title is interesting. Why learning is bad for you? Why learning was bad for you? Oh yeah, that's what we're discussing. I like learning stuff. Most people who know me know that I like learning stuff too. So I'm going to lay some groundwork here, right? Let's just assume, I don't have to assume, I know it's happening to some people sometimes somewhere, that you've, you've put energy into something for two months, right? You disappear for 10 days. Or you put energy into something for two years and then disappear for 10 months. Oh, thank God we're on, right, Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like this cycle happens no matter what you do. I guarantee it's happening to some aspect of your life at this very moment, putting energy into it and then ghosting, right? Uh, managing your time, building your fitness, finishing a project, a relationship, not finishing a relationship, building a relationship or improving a relationship, <laughs> building a skill, losing fat, whatever. You put a decent amount of time and energy into something. It goes nowhere after you put a ton of time and energy into it and then you ghost it. That's what we're discussing. <clears throat> What's happening here? It's tough to start anything. Uh, starting over can feel even harder. You got to confront and move forward from your previous, what are basically failed attempts. And worse yet, it start, it's, it's difficult to start over continuously. Uh, It's boring. It's repetitive. It's discouraging. Like going through the tutorial in a video game over and over. (laughs) You feel like you've done all the work before. Why? Because you have. Right? You feel like you've also lost out on all the benefits of doing the work you've already done. Also, because you have. (laughs) Because you have. So let's discuss why. Let's discuss why. Everyone, I think, at this point in their lives, uh, either from me or someone else, knows what a so-called vicious cycle is. I've heard the term, okay? Thoughts and then subsequent behaviors uh, that are intended to deal with a stressor, they end up unwittingly and or accidentally maintaining the stressor you have, okay? I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm unhappy because I eat, to quote Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. Classic, right? This is a negative chain of events reinforcing each other through a feedback loop. But what about the opposite? Opposites do exist. Opposites do exist. This would be a chain of positive events reinforcing each other through a feedback loop. Hmm. Which I think is very sensible. It's very sensible. Okay. Or is it? I actually think we've gotten stuck in this binary thinking trap again. Bad cycles. Good cycles. Menstrual cycles. Election cycles. All these cycles. The vicious cycles negative and the virtuous cycles positive to to heck with it, to heck with it. To me, and hopefully soon to you, assignments of good and bad are totally arbitrary. You understand that there's an arbitrary component to that. You either get, I see it as you either get closer to where you want to be or further away. That's it. Good or bad have really very little to do with it. 
In other words, these cycles, they're all, yes, bicycles, great one. Uh, these cycles, they're all feedback loops, okay? They're feedback loops. So first of all, Dr. Cashy, why are you talking in the third person? And second of all, what the heck is a feedback loop? Hmm. Well, I'm glad you asked, astute. It might be a term you've heard thrown around, maybe. Through some context clues, you kind of figured out what it meant. Maybe you heard it in your biochemistry class during a lecture on homeostatic regulation, and now you try to use it in any circumstance you possibly can. <coughs> a feedback loop is a self-maintaining chain of events where the output of a process is also used as the input for a sensor, a measuring device, which dictates the output again. So the result is the information that fuels the behavior and, and around the merry-go-round we go, okay? Biology and engineering, they have gajillions of examples. I've got three of them laid down. Got three of them laid down, each of one increasing in their detail of explanation, to me anyway. So thermostats are a great engineering example of a feedback loop. The air conditioner puts out cold air. This is output, right? That air now becomes input for the sensor which is receiving and interpreting feedback. And then that communicates back to the air conditioner, which again controls the output of the air. Right? Pretty straightforward. Blood sugar is another good bio, is, a, is a good biological example that also has a, a solid engineering component too, for obvious reasons. <laughs> Let's say that the liver puts out blood sugar output. The blood sugar becomes input for the sensor, the hypothalamus, that receives and interprets this feedback. And then it communicates back to the liver again, output. Interesting, right? It's my jam. It's my jam. <laughs> now for the third one, the coolest one in my opinion is learning a skill. Learning a skill is a great example of how you use feedback loops in combination with each other, creating a more complex chain of events that still amount to a feedback loop. So these are feedback loops piled on top of each other. Oh, this is where things get super spicy, super extra spicy. Let's take learning guitar, for example. See if I can simplify this down. Striking a chord on the guitar might be an input. The guitar makes a noise, output. You hear the note, input. Did the guitar make the right noise? You are the sensor, receiving and interpreting that feedback, to which you decide how, where, when, and why do I strike the chord, strike my next chord, output. Okay? The first feedback, so see how this, like the feedback mechanism with your behavior and then the feedback mechanism input and output with the sounds that the guitar's making, they're, they're operating at the same time and with each other. Very, this is freaking out, I love this stuff. Okay, the first feedback mechanism, the sensor on the thermostat communicates with ones and zeros. Computer code, as it were, right? The, the second feedback mechanism, the liver and the hypothalamus and the blood sugar and all that fun stuff would communicate via hormones. Okay, also my jam. The third back, the third feedback mechanism, learning guitar, right, with multiple feedback loops with each other, communicates with thoughts and feelings. <sighs> Super interesting, right? See how thoughts and feelings tie the engineering and the biology together. Aha, uh -huh. right, we're getting somewhere. Is the temperature or liver glucose or sound the guitar makes, is that stuff inherently good or bad? Or is it a system assessing and correcting around a predetermined value? A value that you assign as good or bad? Hmm. Hmm. 
There's a feedback loop with your behavior. There's a feedback loop with the guitar's behavior. These loops are feed in, fed into each other, and then you're the one who assigns value. Ah, very cool. And these loops, these loops are the basis for life as we know it. This is why I, I swaddle myself in them. See, I'm gonna get out of the, see this thing? This, guess, guess which, guess which loop is the most important loop? This one, eh, 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 this is important loop. It's one of my favorites. Everybody loves trichloroxylic acid. They just don't know it. <laughs> okay. Bajillions of these loops are all working together. They're all working together to create life as we know it. Okay. And I have assigned an arbitrary value of good to learn more about these feedback loops. I think they're so awesome. I've devoted my life to studying them. <laughs> uh, but that's boring and strange. And a lot of people think I'm a weirdo. So, Okay, Dr. Cashy, why are you talking in third person again? And what is your problem? Put your pocket protector away and help me out here. Big loop-de-loops. How does all of this help me? Well, okay, fine. If you got to be that way. Let's go back to learning a skill. This feedback mechanism communicates via thoughts and feelings. Thoughts. What did it sound like? Feelings. Is it a good sound or a bad sound? Binary, right? To influence behaviors. Keep playing, stop playing, play differently. See where I'm going with this? Thoughts and feelings, receiving and interpreting feedback, acting as a sensor, and behaviors, input and output, they work similarly, similarly to, to the simplified engineering and biological examples I gave. With the added complexity of plasticity. Plasticity. Now this is a term you may have also heard thrown around in the last few years. Uh, in biochemistry, which is kind of my gig, by the way, plastic is kind of another way of saying flexible. That's essentially what plastic means. That's how I interpret the biochemical version of it anyway. This means that thought, feeling, and behavior feedback loops, at least to an adult, are under your influence. And this is colloquially what is referred to as learning stuff. Hmm influencing these thought, feeling, and behavior feedback loops. Ah, so what does that mean practically? It means you can create new feedback loops and you can modify existing ones. Hmm, that's pretty neat. It means you change your brain's focus to thoughts and feelings and behaviors making you different and subjectively better, good. It also means you can obsess over what you want to change and what you hate about yourself. As a result, you're unwittingly reinforcing the very crap that's making you miserable. Hmm. This, depending on who you ask again, is the definition of learning stuff. <laughs> Think about it this way. If every time you go through a feedback loop, it, it gives that feedback loop a learning point, right? You go through a feedback loop of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and every time you loop a loop, it gets a learning point. The more learning points a feedback loop has, the stronger this, this loop gets. This is colloquially referred to as reinforcement. Oh, another fun word. Ring any bells? Right? And this is the very reason why it's impossible, it is impossible to purposefully delete or forget or remove things that you need to change about yourself. Destroying or deleting these cognitive behavioral feedback loops thoughts into actions, in other words, is the topic of another conversation. But practically speaking, let's just lump it into the save it for later category because we'll cover it. Just know it's more or less impossible for the brain to forget things on purpose, right? 
lobotomizing notwithstanding, right? The pink elephant, remember? If you mention the pink elephant, it's all you can think about, at least for a moment. And that's something that's like super duper extremely important to know. Again, why is it impossible to delete or forget things on purpose? And why do I keep reinforcing this? Here's the kicker, the big one. Because you're always adding to the system all the time. Subtracting is impossible. You can only add. You can only add to the system. You're either adding learning points to the loops you want to keep, reinforcing those, or you're adding learning points to the parts of yourself you want gone and reinforcing those, which many people do unwittingly or on accident. And funny enough is the backbone of what my program focuses on, helping people change their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that sabotage them from accomplishing the things they want to accomplish. They're just, they're only adding, you can only add. <laughs> and so you either add to the loops you want to keep or add to the loops that end up hurting you, in your opinion, right? In other words, to bring this full circle, <laughs> that learning was bad for you. Oh, that learning was bad for you. The difference is where you add and how much you add is more or less under your influence. So to keep the learning points, the learning, the point metaphor going, if you keep putting your learning points, reinforcement, into areas you want to improve, then soon enough those areas will be more reinforced and stronger than the parts of yourself you want gone. So if you have a loop that you want to keep in a, in a loop that you want to get rid of, or in this context, shrink, and you keep adding points to the one you want to keep, then on a relative scale, the other one gets smaller and smaller and weaker and weaker. If you only add, that means you can change the relative, the relative size. If you add enough points to the areas you want to change, then the areas that you want or need gone will be minuscule by comparison. It'll always be there, but they can be made so tiny because you've reinforced the other areas of your life with so many learning points, it may as well be, have been deleted, okay? Now, satire and hyperbole aside, this is why I'm such a stickler for, for mental focus and language that's positive, what you want versus what you hate, present tense, because what has happened and what can happen are cognitive sinkholes. <laughs> uh, that's kind of, uh, I'll just leave it at that, okay? And it's actionable. You can do something about it. You can do something about it. So it's easy to think that the, this language and all this stuff I talk about is in terms of making yourself better. It's kind of hoodoo nonsense, but I, I hope you can appreciate that there's some really level, really is some level of support from cognitive science. The, the study of how and why you think what you do, of biological science, how your body works, and behavioral science, what you do with your body. <laughs> it is 100% normal to struggle with all of this stuff. It is a lot, right? Lots of people struggle with it. It's also 100% normal to want to change it. And that's exactly why I'm here to help lubricate that process for you. Everyone likes lube. Makes things simpler and easier. <sighs> Think of it this way. How many points are in feedback loops you want to keep? How many learning points are in feedback loops you want to change? I bet you can feel which ones are stronger and which ones are weaker right now. At the same time, you can put years and years of work in and get nowhere. Why? Because you're always adding to the system. It can seem like you're going nowhere fast no matter how much work you do. And that's true. You can add tons of work and get nowhere. How long have you been working at it? How long have you been stuck somewhere? Even if you're working a ton. I'll explain, I'll explain a little bit more about that now. And I, I, what happens is a lot of people end up, they get frustrated and sad and they say things like, well, I haven't changed. I'm not working hard enough. I'm doing nothing. 
And I'm here to put a sword through that argument. It's a big pile of BS. How much work you do, actually the volume of work is kind of an inane detail. It really is. You can do an infinite amount of work, but if you distribute all of your precious learning points between competing loops, even if it's on accident, also known as self-sabotage, reinforcing all of the loops instead of just the ones you want to focus on, then it feels like and even looks like you're standing in place. But you're also simultaneously exhausted from working. I know how hard you work. <laughs> in this case, though, that learning was bad insofar as it takes you away from where you want to go. Now it's about changing that focus to help distribute the reinforcement, your learning points, and where you want, place you want them to go. When this happens and you look at your outcomes, right, if you're putting all this work in and it feels like you're getting nowhere, because you might be getting nowhere, you tell yourself, and, and maybe it even looks like you've gotten worse and done nothing, even though you're feeling exhausted. Hopefully this will make more sense. This is colloquially referred to as I took one step forward and I took two steps back. Okay, you know how I see that as a scientist? I see that as you took three steps. And last time I checked, that's work. So even though it feels like you've done nothing and gone nowhere, I still know you've put work in. And that means I know you're okay with doing the work. And by default, I also know you're okay with learning. To that end, learning stuff can also be done to you. Input, output, reception, and interpretation of that feedback. I can and do engineer this for people. In fact, this is colloquially referred to as coaching. <laughs> Maybe I just process information a bit differently, but that's how I see it. These feedback loops and, and helping people distribute their learning points to reinforce the behaviors and thoughts they want to keep growing. At this point, my life is devoted to making all of these things, right? Biology, cognition, and behavior kind of work in tandem with each other so that you can get what you want. And my loops for these processes were generated and reinforced from the feedback of all the amazing people like you, working and changing themselves every day. And giving enough thanks to anybody who's put me in the position to learn these things and reinforce and, and help people is it's impossible to give enough thanks out. So that, that is my rant for today. We're always learning and we're always working. And it feels like you can go nowhere because you can, even though you've worked a ton. And just know that one step forward and two steps back is still three steps <laughs> and that you have done work. It's about knowing and paying attention to and reinforcing the, the loops you want to reinforce so that the relative change between those loops shrinks the one you don't like, shrinks the one you want to avoid so much that it is now more or less gone. So. I'm going to keep sipping on this. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go harass Mrs. Cashy because that's what I do at the end of every one of these videos. And I hope you all have a super wonderful day. Love you all. I will see you very soon. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>